Hey everybody, on this episode of the podcast, we're going to have a special guest. It's going to be amazing, so you want to definitely uh, stick around and listen to that when we get that in a second. But, Rosie, what do you know, man? Hey, what's up? First of all, <laughs> you didn't even ask how I was doing. I'm sorry, man. How you doing, man? Hey, man, I'm doing well. Yeah. Hey, did you know that in uh, 1976, a Japanese porn actor... <laughs> crashed an airplane in a kamikaze style attack to kill a um multi-million dollar uh multi-millionaire leader of the yakuza wow he crashed and he took an airplane kamikaze style he even dressed like a kamikaze into his house into his house he was a porn star he was a porn star (laughs) what year was this 1976 oh wow Man, that's crazy. Yeah, like, that so was they're... long after the kamikazes were gone. Yeah. Yeah. He even got praised by one of the kamikazes that still was alive <laughs> from the kamikaze squadron. <laughs> he was like, it was good technique or something like that. <laughs> but, but he didn't uh, kill the guy. So. No, he hit him. Uh, he hit a different part of the house that the guy was in. Oh, man. So there you go. That's a crazy did you <laughs> that's know. A crazy did you know. <laughs> Just another one of the side effects of porn. To don't do it. Don't watch it. Don't watch it. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, have you um so this episode, have you ever wondered what the FBI, the CIA, <laughs> the CIA and Walt Disney have in common? Are you asking me? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you haven't, you're going to learn because our guest is going to go over a ton of stuff about this. It's an amazing podcast. So, uh sit back, grab a coffee and enjoy. You're listening to the All Out War Podcast. What's up, Warriors? Welcome to another episode of All Out War. I am Turner, and I'm in the studio with Rosie. What's up, Rosie? Hey, what's up, man? (laughs) I'm really, really excited about this episode. We have a special guest on the podcast for this episode, and uh, her name, she goes by The Sharp Edge one on twitter uh she's an investigative reporter she's also on youtube with hive mind and also at hivemind.com with the eyes replaced with one so h1 v e m one n d dot com and she also has a podcast that she co-hosts called uh dig it with uh cory dig cory's digs and the speaker it's a podcast you can find on all you know podcast platforms i want to welcome to the podcast <laughs> The sharp edge, sharp. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. We are our pleasure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> thank you so much for coming on. I'll tell you yeah. why I'm so excited that Sharp is joining us on this episode for our listeners. She wrote an amazing article that you can find at Corey'sDigs.com, and we're going to put all these links in our show notes so you can go back to them and find them. Uh, it's called "Exposing the Keys to Disney's Operations and, and Agenda," and it's an amazing article that really just talks about uh puts together all of these aspects of disney and uh links to the cia the fbi um and uh freemasons Freemasons. and so it fits really good with our series we've been going through on secret societies because you know the masons obviously are in there but we wanted to uh, have uh, sharp come on and just talk about this article that she wrote but before we get into that uh, Sharp, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got into investigative research and kind of your journey? 
Sure. Um, <clears throat> so I went to school to be a journalist and I hated it. <laughs> uh, that didn't last very long. I actually ended up going into marketing, um, but that was years ago. Um, I had no idea I was going to be getting into this, and I wasn't. I would. I was what we call a normie right. <laughs> <laughs> for uh, probably up until about five years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, is really when my my personal awakening started. I, um, I'm a believer. I've been a Christian um, and been saved since I was nine, but um, I really wasn't awake to the truth of the evils of this world and the plans that they had that were already in motion um, until about five years ago. Mm. And it just started, I actually was, uh, I became aware that my grandfather had a Freemason's ring and I knew nothing about the Freemasons, actually. I... <laughs> I actually even thought they were just, you know, a kind of a fraternity, right. of, you know, people that like, like the Shriners and, you know, they, they, like their image was to me, it seemed like they were, uh, just a bunch of know, old dudes, guys old hanging dudes out. Wanna, <laughs> yeah. And want to help, you know, help their, their, uh, you know, fellow men. And so I, uh, I just wanted to learn more about my grandfather actually. And I, um, decided to start researching, into the Freemasons and my grandfather's affiliation with them. And he lived in a small town. Um, and so there was just one little Masonic lodge in that town, been around since like the 1800s. Hmm. And um, pretty much every man in that town was a member <laughs> of that Freemasons lodge. And it kind of probably was very much like a fraternity. I don't think my grandfather really had much awareness of what the upper levels of the Freemasons were about because, mm -hmm. um, you know, he was just, just a very strong Christian man, um, really, really positive influence in my life. And I can't mm -hmm. possibly imagine that he would have had any affiliation with them if he had any idea of what they were truly about. But nevertheless, I didn't really find out too much about my grandfather's affiliation with them. Um, I, I did, however, find out a lot about the Freemasons, and that was my, my awakening, my be the beginning of my awakening, um, learning about their agenda, um, about, um, you know, Luciferianism and um, secret societies, you know, and it just, it led to so many other rabbit holes, right. and I went on this journey for years, actually, um, and it was a very lonely, depressing time um, because, like I said, I was a normie. I had this, you know, I kind of had it all and, you know, this whole image. And I was very, uh, I'm ashamed to say, but I was, I was pretty superficial. And, uh, and you know, it, it, this, this awakening wasn't just about me learning about the world. It was really more about me learning about me and mm -hmm. reshifting my priorities and uh, so it was like a spiritual awakening was happening inside of me and just mm -hmm. lighting this fire inside of me to uh, to do something. But on the outside, it kind of looked like I was going crazy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it was just a very lonely time. So did, and, um, were you able to share any of that journey with anyone in particular, like, you know, like a, a friend or a spouse or anyone like that? Yeah, I did. I did. But it just didn't. It, it wasn't well received you know it was mm -hmm. just 
misunderstood. Yeah. And uh, so I just kind of learned to to stop talking to people <laughs> in real life. <laughs> Hide your yeah, power so level. <laughs> I, I really didn't. I, so I just went on a, like an internal struggle with God. I was having a lot of dialogue with God during those years, you know, like, why? Why are you waking me mm -hmm. up? Mm -hmm. You know? And uh, I just didn't really understand that, what my purpose was. I knew I, I, I knew I was being led to do this. I knew I was being led to do all this research and learn the truth of, uh, you know, these secret societies and what's going on um, in the world. Uh, but I just didn't understand why and what God was preparing me for until after, you know, Trump won the election, which I honestly didn't think was going to happen. I voted for him. Um, but I, I knew the, the election was rigged mm -hmm. and uh, I just really didn't think that was going to happen. <laughs> yeah. um, I knew what was on the line. I knew they really, really needed Hillary to complete their plan. Mm. And uh, so I was just shocked when Trump won, but ha was, you know, happily <laughs> surprised. Right. right. Yeah. And then, uh, um, then I just what I don't know if you guys follow QAnon or not, uh, but, when I found out about QAnon and started seeing people kind of coming out of the wordworks and and uh, speaking out about these things that I had been researching all these years, mm -hmm. I really found this sort of sense of community of people who were openly sharing this information and getting the the public awake um, to mm -hmm. the truth. And uh, and then that's when it kind of dawned on me that that's what God had been preparing me for all those years, all those lonely years <laughs> in research. Um, I really felt it was just really pressed on my heart that this is why this is why, you know, I was preparing you is is not just to to wake you up. It's to be of service mm -hmm. and um, share this information that I've been kind of downloading on you <laughs> all this right. time. And so, yeah, I was, it was just really pressed on my heart to do that, to um, start speaking out publicly. And I think I started a Twitter account, and I guess it was January of was it 2018, and I've been going ever since, and uh, just, you know, writing threads, writing articles, and then just we just recently started a website and a podcast and YouTube channel, so. Yeah, it, it's really... It's amazing when I think about your journey, all of it was preparation. You're so, it's so true because I don't think that if you would have had all of the information and, I'm, and, and if you feel like I do, like I feel like I don't know anything still. <laughs> the more I learn, the less I feel like I actually have a grasp on. But, yeah. but the fact that it was preparation, that what you do know, now there's so many more people that are willing and like, especially like I, I, when I think of recent current events, like with Epstein, you know, it was kind of a joke about like when when he died, uh, when he you know when he committed suicide. You know, in mm. air quotes there, every <laughs> <laughs> everyone questioned that legitimately. Like, how could right. this guy do this? It's not. It couldn't have happened this way. And and that really put you know the quote unquote conspiracy theorists in the front and center. And they were actually legitimately taken you know seriously for a moment. Uh, well, now we're all conspiracy. Exactly. Theorists. Right. Even the normie, normies don't believe that he did it. Right. Right. Yeah. Suicide, so. And then and then the FBI comes out and says, you know, that 
that if you're a conspiracy theorist, you're a danger, you know, and they're... Mm. Well, they said that before. Right. Which was interesting. Always thinking of the timing yes. of a lot of this stuff is they come out, <laughs> um, you know, a month before, uh, right. preparing almost like an excuse. Uh, yeah. Something's good. It, hedging, hedging their, uh, you know. Mm -hmm. I was going to say, it is so interesting um, <clears throat> what you were talking about with the QAnon stuff and just seeing so many people... Um, and I guess maybe we can <laughs> move on to the uh, the uh, article after this, but it, it was it really is really cool. Um, I got into conspiracy theories pretty young. I'm still fairly young, um, but uh, I was going to say it is definitely really uh, lonely because there's no one. Everyone just thinks you're crazy. You don't have to talk about it. But now, like you said, with the election and just so much stuff being exposed, it it really is like a really cool community of people that um, it just it, there's it's i don't know it's just a really cool community and it's uh like the not that i need any justification of like other people saying i also agree to confirm you know what i what i know but it's it's really cool so it's been uh feels good it yeah. does feel good to have <laughs> some support you know it's tough when you're alone mm. and i think about all these uh the truthers mm -hmm. you know who um who really didn't have that and uh you know, went in, in decades past, you yeah. know, right. Um, they're always probably, they're, yeah, always felt alone, but they, it's just amazing to have a community of people where we really um, support each other, lift each other up and, uh, you know, help each other out. So yeah, uh, we're blessed. We yeah. are. And I was going to say, uh, I guess maybe this might be a little good way to segue. It is another thing that's been really cool. Um, particularly, we did an episode on this about Pizzagate just barely touching the surface of everything but uh that was one of the things that uh i got into doing some uh i guess anonymous open source crowd uh the research that went in that and uh it was so cool to see people that really don't want to not not that i'm uh, i don't want to say this by people that you know make a name for themselves or stuff like that but it's really cool to see this underground almost uh community of like you know, anonymous anons that are all doing this to expose so much darkness that's been there that, uh, you know, there's strength in numbers. And it turns out there's a lot of really good people that do amazing research and they're so skilled um, at yes, putting all this that, stuff together. Exactly. I think that there really is strength in numbers. And uh, when we compile all of, our, all of our efforts together, it just has such a, a greater impact. Right. Than, uh, you know for the cause so yeah i i appreciate you know working to, with together with so many awesome anons and uh people like yourself and and um you know sharing the information that we have and working together to get it out absolutely so how about we use that <laughs> as a uh, way to start uh talking about disney so all uh, right <laughs> <laughs> well we should probably make a disclaimer uh if you love disney and you go to disney as a family this isn't this isn't about that. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, if you want to give them your money, that's between you and your money. But uh, but uh, yeah, I just know a lot of people like I took my family to Disney years ago at my little kid. I have three and they're older now. But uh, yeah, but I just want to put that disclaimer out there. This is not an indictment of necessarily saying accusation this is just stuff that well that's what you say well, so that's turner's opinion <laughs> no, judgment. no turner. judgment of anybody who turner loves disney or you yeah. know has been to disneyland or disney world right 
not any kind of judgment on them. Right. I, just I just don't want that. I, I don't want that letter from the lawyer. That's all. <laughs> That's all I don't want. <laughs> uh, yeah. And really, the, the way I the way I phrase it typically is just, you know, if there's anyone who does not believe any of the claims that I make in my writing, that's okay. You know, I ple- please, I encourage you to do your own research mm-hmm. and come to your own conclusion. Yeah, yeah. Because, and we may not come to the same conclusions, but we'll still be better for having that knowledge. So. Exactly. So you start off with talking about uh, Disney's, very at the very beginning, the, the Masonic key is what you title that that section. Right. So let's go into that. Okay. So let me back up before he started with the Masonic connection. Disney, um, he grew up in an abusive household. And hmm. this is pretty well documented. His father was pretty abusive, and it was a pretty loveless sort of scenario. Um, so I feel like, and I'm reading between the lines here, interpreting myself, but I do feel like Disney found the kind of family he was looking for when he jo- joined the Demolay, Mol- mm. I believe that's how you pronounce it, but it's actually like a children's organization that's part of the Masonic family. <laughs> so uh, he joined when he was 19, okay? This is an organization um, that it's for kids between 12 and 21. I pretty much look at it as a way for Freemasons to recruit. Mm. Um, you know, so it's a little creepy, you know, right. having a Freemason sponsored boys club, uh, basically. Uh, so he started when he was 19. Um, the The order of the Demolay was um, founded by a man. His name was Frank Land, and he um, was a 33, 33rd degree Mason. Um, he all the boys in the Mole called him dad. Hmm. Um, and he named it after Jacques de Molay, which was the last Grand Master of the Knights Templar. Um, so the the Order of the de Molay, it, although it's a children's organization, it's it's part of the family of Maison, Masonic organizations and heavily connected to them. And um, I think at such a young age, given Disney's... Um, past that this organization played a a significant part in his um, views and his belief system and his loyalties etc because it kind of gave him the family that he was looking for Mm -hmm. Um, and frank land um, also had an artistic background i think he went to to like it was kansas city art institute or something like that but so i I'm also reading between the lines here, but I think Frank dad land mm-hmm. uh, gave Disney the leg up that he was looking for, yeah. you know, that he needed. And uh, Disney felt some loyalty there. Um, so yeah. I think that uh, that's how much of, you know, an important role that the Masons had in Disney's life as an early young man. And, um, he, he did get the highest um, accre- accreditation at the Mole. It was the Legion of Honor, um, which is basically, it corresponds with that of a, a 33rd degree Mason. Mm-hmm. So, um, you wow. know, I'd always heard that, that 
that Walt Disney was a 33rd degree Mason, but I, I wasn't, I had never seen the proof of it. And that's why I wanted to do that research and kind of find out for sure for myself. And it turns out, you know, it's, it's pretty much the equivalent of a 33rd degree Mason, the, the, the uh, honor that he received at De Molay. So. so he would have had, he would receive that before he was 21 or at, around that age, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Which exactly. is, I was going to say, that's pretty interesting that he only had uh, two years to ascend the ranks, so to speak, if he started at 19. Right. And, yeah. Which exactly. is uh, <laughs> something to be said. Pretty maybe high speed. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I, I wonder if the initiations were the same that they are through normal Masonic, you know, initiation rites as they go up in there. You know, I really don't know. Um, I don't know that much about about the Order of the Demole as far as their um, achievements and, and moving up in the ranks. Yeah, and that, I was going to say, that's kind of stuff they hold close to the chest right, anyway, so yeah. we probably right. won't ever... Hence really the secret society. Right? <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so that did play an important role in his life. He actually uh, went on to... Um, when he started started the Walt Disney Company, they actually started making comic strips for the Order of the Demole. And mm. that were printed on their like national newsletters mm -hmm. and so forth. So, wow. um, yeah, he had a they, they had a big impact on his life that he carried. And then, you know, it wasn't long after that that he was kind of propelled into, you know, fame and notoriety. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, he received the Demolay Legion of Honor in 1931. And then in 19 by 1935, he was already like a world uh worldwide name household name you know he was he went to you know do his european tour and uh, meet with you know uh, the, the british royal family and the pope and mussolini and wow. you know hg wells and all, all these people it, it, he was still you know in his early 20s so right I, so it, these people had a huge impact on him as well as far as you know his perspective on the world their agenda and you know that so forth i think he carried that also onto uh his his uh, vision for the, the walt disney company too i was just gonna say it was really interesting i mean just uh two of those uh four names well just as an aside like the british royal family and there <laughs> there's so much to be said as far as the globalism and just all the tentacles of just so much stuff from them. Uh, yeah, we, do, we literally we, went on a like a who <laughs> of globalists tour. Right. Back in the Pope, the Pope, yeah, the British yeah. royal family. Yeah, <laughs> he even hit Mussolini, which is insane yeah. to think about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and so I think that that really did uh, shape his perspective and his view, mm -hmm. and you know what he what he wanted for his vision for Walt Disney Company. Hmm. Sure. Yeah, uh, I was I was gonna say it's really interesting uh, the the infamous Club Thirty Three as well, which is uh, right. we talked a lot about the the thirty third degree Masonry, which is the highest that you can get, and also there at Disney World is the or Disneyland rather. I'm sorry. Well, both they're at both. There's a Club Thirty Three in Disney World as well. Oh. Yeah, I'm almost there positive. Yeah. <laughs> which is which is a I'll just go real quick for the people who don't know is a very exclusive bar that I remember reading about this you know uh 10 years ago or something and it was like a rumor at that point 
I remember reading uh, rumors, right. but now it's out there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you can Google it. It'll come up. Yeah. Yeah. It cat's out of the bag on that. <laughs> 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 but I think back in the day, it was definitely very secretive. Mm-hmm. So I, I would imagine that it's pretty... Uh, th- there's not a lot going on there now, but <laughs> I, I, I wonder what happened back in the day when that club was opened up for their exclusive members. Well, you say we that th- a- there's a 14 year waiting list just mm. to join, which is crazy to think about that mm-hmm. there's people waiting. And it's, I guess it's a really expensive club to join. You have to pay a high fee. Yeah, it says $100,000 right. <laughs> initiation fee, Gosh. which is, uh, right. yeah. And they, they, they claim that it's, I think that they originally had 33 sponsors or something like that. And mm. that's where the number 33 came from. Okay. Yeah. Right. I mean, I, it's plausible deniability, I suppose. But but you, um, you have the other part that's even better. The Yeah. So I, I think considering his Masonic past and his loyalist loyalties, as I've kind of described, it's really a familial sort of thing for him. I think it, he really was paying homage to... Uh, his Masonic ties with that club. And it's not a coincidence that it's on the 33rd North Parallel. (laughs) (laughs) And the address is 33 Oil Street. And, uh, you know, numbers are super important to the Freemasons. Sure. Um, And and secret societies kind of in general. I know that you guys have been doing like a series on secret societies. And I'm sure that there's, you know, a lot of them are kind of into numerology and certain, have certain codes and, numbers and so forth but 33 obviously is a huge number of importance to the freemasons this is my own personal theory i i can't say that uh you know that i've read this in any kind of masonic texts but i know that they do have a lot of uh the the upper you know tiers of the freemasons the 33rd degree and above and so forth have this sort of occult knowledge and Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I know that they really do follow closely, you know, King Solomon and, and that's story. Um, and, and, you know, to me, it, it makes sense that the 33rd North Parallel, the most important place to them would be, you know, Mount Hermon, which is also on the 33rd mm. North Parallel. And uh, that is where, you know, it, it states in the Book of Enoch where the uh, 200 watchers or fallen, angel, fallen angels had descended on earth. And I, I personally believe that's part of their occult knowledge that they really kind of have steeped in their, in their yeah. uh, hidden knowledge that they like to, to withhold at those higher tiers of Freemasonry. Yeah, we're totally, we totally geek out on all the Nephilim and stuff like that. So we're totally with you on that stuff. Yeah, I studied a lot about, you know, uh, it it fascinates me too, like ancient history and Mm -hmm. um, biblical history. The more, what what fascinated me the most is the more I studied about ancient history and the more it validated what the Bible had said and uh, it just really was just a huge confirmation the more I would research that kind of stuff. Mm. So, I was going to say it, that's so important, and we always try to do it on our show, is bring it back to um, through the lens of like biblical truth. Like the, the Bible is the ultimate authority on truth. And like you said, the more that you read uh, about different uh, – how do I say it? Uh, 
esoteric teachings of you know these guys over here these guys over there and it all seems like like you like you said it it all just validates stuff that the bible has been saying from the start as this is you know this is evil or you know paul preached against this thing or you know that thing or that and it's all just uh verified when you come back to the bible so it it's right. definitely with you. And on I that think one. that's part of the reason why it's hidden knowledge is because they don't want any kind of validation of what the Bible states. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so if they can keep people biblically ignorant from the real truth and they can right. give them this, this sort of pseudo truth, if you will, uh, which is a weird statement, I guess, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> this sort of <laughs> partial truth, then, then they can keep people led into, and then there's power in it too, because it's literally, it's Luciferian, it's satanic. So there right. is, there's power attached to it, which is sad, and mm. it keeps people in, you know, embraced into it. But right. So it's pretty apparent that Disney had some pretty strong foundation in Masonic, uh, you know, <laughs> esotericism. <laughs> yeah. and, you know, I, I believe so. That's my that's my opinion and perspective, just looking at the evidence. So, and if anybody doesn't agree with that claim, I encourage you to, you know, research it for yourself and come to your own conclusions. Yeah, try to prove her wrong. <laughs> That's fine. I, I'm totally fine with that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so, what about moving on to uh, Western intelligence, even? Um, we t- yeah. tease that. Um, you had a bunch from the FBI and yeah, Walt's connection to the FBI. Could you go into that? Sure. I... Um, Honestly, you know, what what I love about doing these digs is I learn things mm-hmm. that I didn't know before. And I really didn't know that much about his FBI connections. I was kind of fascinated to find out. But, yeah, he worked really closely with them. He was, you know, an informant for them. He helped them, you know, during the Red Scare. He was, you know, kind of looking for uh, communists within Disney and within Hollywood and helping them out with that. Um he also really kind of it, it was kind of like Disney was running propaganda kind of for the FBI. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he would he would get input from the FBI on how to design his Tomorrowland. He would uh, get input from the FBI on how to do some um, Mouseketeer episodes, TV episodes that would promote the FBI. Yeah, that one blew um, my mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it was kind of like more of like a propaganda arm for the FBI uh, one in one aspect of it. He also, you know, would just the the FBI would have just free reign, uh, you know, for personal and official matters, you know, mm-hmm. anytime they needed. Uh, so, yeah, he worked really closely with them on a lot of things. I, I tip my hat to him in smoking out the commies. Um, I have no problem <laughs> with that. <laughs> Yeah. He had a personal vendetta because there were some kids, some some of them that like went on strike, and he felt like it was because they were part of that. <laughs> right. Yeah. I was going to say I do remember now, or they're always you can still find them now. Uh, the World War II banned Disney cartoons that they have back then. Like I mm. was it. Uh, I remember one of them is called like Bugs Bunny Nips the Nips or something like <laughs> super, uh, and it's super character caricature of like asian or i guess specifically japanese uh people during the war but it's really uh, i don't know i think they're funny and uh they're they're super propaganda um pro-american you know offensive you people (laughs) nowadays would definitely say (laughs) that yeah Yeah. um 
But I was going to say, uh, I had known part of this, um, and I before I had read this, I didn't know anything about the FBI, um, that he had done anything with that. But I did know about the CIA, um, some, some bits of it. Uh, mm-hmm. Could you <laughs> go into that? Sure. The, the connections to the CIA are even deeper and yeah. creepier. But um, So back then, I don't think people were very aware of the CIA at all. The FBI was really more of the intelligence you know, operation that people knew of. And, right, under. You know, so, but the CIA was very hush-hush. So um, these operations that he did back then, that was not for the you know, the public eye. <laughs> you know? And I don't know how much he was aware that he was involved in these things, but he, he, and did the Disney company was connected to several different CIA projects and operations. It all started with project paperclip, which after, you know, world war two, um, we brought over a bunch of Nazi German scientists and, uh, it was initially, just to debrief them and then send them home. And then when they found out how much information and knowledge these guys had, um, the intelligence community and the defense department did not want to let them go. And so Alan Dulles, um, you know, offered several of these, you know, Nazi scientists over to the, uh, to the CIA, which a ton of projects stemmed from. And uh, one of those, you know, being, you know, probably the darkest and, and worst of all would, would be the MK Ultra mm-hmm. um, project. But um, going back a little bit, so one of the Nazi scientists from po- Project Paperclip, his name is uh, Werner von Braun, he went on to uh, assist in the Apollo moon landing. And, um, so Disney like worked directly with Von Braun on <laughs> several Disney related uh, TV shows that were sort of like, again, like the propaganda for uh, th- they wanted to get public awareness and support for a moon landing. Right. And so Von Braun worked with Disney directly to come up with some TV shows, Man in Space, Man in the Moon, Mars and Beyond. And um, those were sort of kind of seeding the minds of the population to prepare them for Sharp. the are, moon landing. Are you, saying, are, are you saying that Disney uh, filmed the moon landing? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I don't go into any of that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That is insane to me that, that Von Braun and these guys are working alongside and, and helping him as he's making f- propaganda films. I mean... It just blows my mind, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to think of like, okay, if this happened then, is it still happening today? And what does the like the Little Mermaid have to do with this, or the Lion <laughs> right. King, or like, is there something else happening there that I'm not even picking up on? That's just oh, there's subliminal stuff. I don't even mm-hmm. get into that in the paper, but you could research that on your own. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> subliminal stuff in the cartoons. <laughs> But, There's a lot yeah. of uh, sex, sexual oh, innuendo yeah. and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But um, so some other um, operations that the CIA was running around the same time under the same guy, Alan Dulles, one was, you know, Operation Mockingbird, where they had several, C- not several, but like thousands mm-hmm. of CIA agents and journalists that worked for them. Basically, you know, again, 
promoting their viewpoint, spreading propaganda. And Disney owns ABC. ABC was most definitely part of that. So they were affiliated mm. with Operation Markingbird as well. And basically just disseminating the narrative that the CIA approved of. Um, so, yeah. I and then... Oh, if Go I could ahead. just stop you. I was going to say one of the things that uh, is really interesting to me, um, there's this there's a guy that does it really well. Um, there's this podcast called Clandestine Time where he breaks down current movies and stuff like that that all um, have funding or directly uh, engaged with the uh, military apparatus of the United States. Like uh, just as an example, Transformers, which just, just to kind of prove if people don't, think that right, right this is still going on in some aspect um, oh it's definitely still going on right <laughs> like yeah. uh anytime i guess just as a very blanket statement anytime that there's a uh a war scene or something like that where oh how do they get all these you know how how can they afford to rent all these black hawk helicopters <laughs> you know something like that right um if a director or a film company production team wants to get any kind of help from the military, you know, the air force for this or uh, drone footage of Langley headquarters or something like that. They mm -hmm. have to go and they have to uh, submit their scripts and everything before production even starts and get the, um, they have, uh, you know, the CIA has their whole uh, press. I'm not sure what the exact name of it, but the, just like an approval uh, the, process. The approval yeah. process and people that just read scripts and TV shows and everything and say, okay, uh, you know, if you want to use us, you can, you know, take this part out, take this part, move this. Um, and they've even rewritten parts of movies to make <laughs> yep. uh, people, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of it as, as an example, Transformers or something like that. Michael Bay mm -hmm. is obviously super pro-America, which is really cool to see. Um, but, you know, if he had a bunch of you know, Navy SEALs or something like that uh, look silly in a movie, Right, the Navy wouldn't like that. Right. So yeah. they would, you know, they to people listening, you know, that's kind of what they would say. We would say, hey, you know, change this up or, you know, um, mm -hmm. make it the Army. <laughs> you know, make it a bunch yeah. of Army Rangers or Man, something. You're totally... And I you're, yeah, you're, I provide proof of that in exactly. my report. There's, uh, there was a FOIA request for documents uh, that we received Um from the DOD and the CIA confirming that they backed and influenced the production of hundreds of movies and TV shows. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's just validating. And Disney is, it was part of that. There's many, many of those were Disney movies. Right. And Rosie, you're making me not like my favorite movie as much. Top Gun. <laughs> <laughs> Top well, Gun is all about the Navy. <laughs> gotta tell you, man. I mean, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. yeah I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> me too. Uh, but yeah. Well, it, the, the, the downside of kind of this awakening process and learning <laughs> this information, it's great to have this knowledge and to, you know, be better for it. But it does bum you out because, you know, um, you're like, wow, they they've ruined everything. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, even Disney. So, yeah, you're like yeah. getting a peek behind the curtain, right? Yeah, it is. It's kind of it's disheartening. But, you know, um, how can we? make it better if we don't even know acknowledge it right 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 um i was gonna say if you could go into and this is probably one that a lot of people may have heard of that listen to this that you had a bunch of stuff with mk ultra and some of the, some of the stuff could you go into that it yeah. is crazy 
Oh, yeah. And I don't <laughs> even touch the surface on right. this is like really just like the, you know, the basics as, as far as that project goes. But MK Ultra is a, a mind control project that stemmed from Project Paperclip. Um, it, it initially was start, started as an, a form of interrogation, <laughs> but quickly morphed into something completely else, you know, with regards to uh, mind control. But, um, and it's dark. It's really dark. If, if you do decide to research this, and, I, you know, I did, you know, during those years, those lonely <laughs> years, it's, it's dark, you know, really put on the full armor of God when you're researching that because mm, it's, it's tough. It's a tough pill to swallow. But um, so they would um, take subjects and use methodologies to manipulate that individual's mental states um, through all kinds of torture, including, you know, drugs, chemicals, sleep deprivation, isolation, verbal and sexual abuse, and I'm sure a whole bunch more. Mm -hmm. But um, and the, the connection to Disney is kind of twofold. Um, many self-proclaimed victims would say, and you can research this on your own, would say that Disney films are a staple in the uh, mind control programming, especially that of children, because obviously the movies appeal to children. Uh, but it, especially, for example, say Alice in Wonderland, mm -hmm. it's really, uh, it helps them to detach from reality and accept this mind control programming that they're going through. And it's so widely spread that, you know, it's something that they could watch and reinforce that programming throughout their whole life and mm. maintain that, that programming. Um, so it's, cla it, it's claimed that, you know, Disney films were, you know, directly related to the mind control programming of, you know, the, the, the victims and the subjects of this MK Ultra program. And another uh, connection is that since it was originally an inter used for interrogation purposes, um, a lot of the tactics they used are similar to that of the ones they used in the Kubrick interrogation manual, which was also declassified. And there's actually an, uh, a form of interrogation uh, known as the Alice in Wonderland hmm. method. Yeah. Uh, which is just just like MK Ultra, it seems, where they're detaching the interviewee from reality in their in their interrogation. So, um, yeah, bizarre stuff. <laughs> yeah. To say the very least, as well. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I was going to say uh, this is and for anyone that maybe with the mind control and stuff, and the uh, as you were talking about the uh, the fracturing, the goal to ultimately. Uh, fracture fracture a psyche um, of a person to basically uh, create a alternate personality that they uh, ultimately could control. Um, right. To you can make Manchurian candidates. Exactly. You can make, um, secret operatives that don't even know that they're spies. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. You know they have some part of their subconscious that's you know not even they're not even aware of. Right. You know, create uh sexual uh you know yeah sex slaves um you know all kinds of nefarious purposes for creating these these mind control victims 
Right. And so uh, I guess part of the methodology or their, their hope, uh, if you will, so to speak, is uh, they get these kids, they create this schism, and then the child doesn't know, you know, grows up, and then they uh, watch in Alice in Wonderland or see an advertisement or go shopping or something like that and see, uh, you know, Alice or something that it's represents like the, it, and then boom, yeah. split happens, and they're not even aware of their yeah. thing. That's the. It's like what the Catcher in the Rye. Right, the, the book that was caught, you know, with uh, all the assassinations. Yeah, assassinations. Yeah, yeah. so <clears throat> it like right. triggers them, mm-hmm. and it's all. And under- that's how it's designed: is to, you know, have something that's so, you know, widely spread, like you know, Disney films, mm-hmm. um, to be able to to maintain that that and reinforce that that programming. Mm. And, you know, you can, again, I encourage your listeners to just do their own research. There's like a ton of information on um, who people suspect may be mind control victims, especially in Hollywood. You know, you kind of watch them as children. They start out as masketeers and Mm -hmm. then later on they they look like they're under some sort of mind control and you know uh really very overtly sexual you know for example say miley cyrus or you know britney spears or yes 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 (laughs) i heard an amazing theory on her though this is crazy about britney that uh that so (laughs) this is just hearsay so I, i feel weird talking about it but i'll say it anyways i don't care uh that she because she supposedly was a believer at you know, young age, that when she got all wrapped up into all of this, whether it was Illuminati or whether it was, you know, uh, mind control, whatever it was, uh, that there's a fight going on inside her. And that's why she keeps ending up in these mental institutes, because it's literally a, a, an internal fight that's hmm. going on with her. Right. I, I've read a lot about, you know, this this project. And I, from from what I understand, you know, it's it, I think it's like in your late twenties or mid thirties or so, somewhere in that range, um, where y- your brain starts kind of changing, um, and so a, a lot of times you'll see that that breakdown of the programming happening in that in that time frame mm-hmm. where you know memories start resurfacing and and so forth, and um, if they don't get them back into a hospital where they can. <laughs> reprogram mm. them oh, you know yeah. Mm. yeah um and i was gonna say this is the only thing i knew about the cia but this is so crazy when i read it uh originally that it's not just the cia and trying to get uh disney to do propaganda for them or um you know help them with this mind control the the whole story of how disney world was even started is I know, right? Absolutely insane. Insane. I um, I was surprised by that one too. So I learned that one too uh, when I was researching this. And this is um, based on a a book uh, written by a, a journalist and author and a um, historian. And he does a lot of books on you know exposing CIA. This was one of them. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so he tells the story about how um, Wild Bill Donovan um, how, and his team of attorneys mm-hmm. helped Disney 
purchase Disney World. And so when they were scouting out for the property of Disney World, um, they knew that if the residents became aware that they were building Disney World there, property value was going to skyrocket and they would probably have difficulty getting some of those people out and like some people would have a problem with Mm -hmm. them building there. So they did this covert operation with, you know, Wild Bill Donovan, the, if anybody's, if your listeners are unaware, Wild Bill Donovan was the head of the spy organization that eventually became the CIA. The OSS, yeah. Yes, the OSS. And um, so him and his team of attorneys helped Disney purchase this land that was going to be Walt Disney World. And then they f- set up these fake cities with, <laughs> so crazy. with sympathetic people to the cause in those cities so that there wouldn't be any kind of pushback on Disney um, owning that land and building there. Mm-hmm. And eventually <laughs> residents found out, they got wise, and they had to come out and say, yes, we're building Disney World. And the <laughs> property values skyrocketed. But yes, so that was that was the original plan is to you know help them. And so why? Why would they have a, a stake in it is my question, really. Mm-hmm. Um, unless, you know, Disney is running some kind of operations for them, you know, uh, th- mm-hmm. unless there's some kind of, you know, payback for that, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so that's kind of why I, I go into that is I, I'm curious to know why, what their stake in, in Disney World was. Um, but, you know, it, so, so Disney World, even up into this day, um, has a close relationship with, with uh, in, intelligence communities. Um, you know, Disney is one of the leaders and th- actually the nation's largest single commercial application um, of biometrics is at Disney World. Oh my goodness! And um, you know, even after nine eleven, the government was seeking advice from Disney on you know intelligence, security, and right. biometrics. <laughs> so that kind of tells you. Um, yeah, I think it's kind of like you know they 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 are steeped in surveillance, and the intelligence community has such a close relationship with Disney they might kind of might share information Hmm. um i was gonna say it seems like if you think nowadays of um and it completely makes sense because where do you know what is one thing in america that everybody in the world knows about i mean other than sub-saharan africa you know someplace like that that wouldn't know about they might even know about disney world but you're gonna have it's not just you know uh a specific demographic of people that go to Disney world. It's um, working class families, you know, in Missouri that, you know, save up and they want to go take the family to Disney world, or you have foreign dignitaries bringing their family to Disney world. So there is everybody there for the, um, for this private surveillance, for the observation. Yeah. To be (laughs) observed and, um, I'm sure there's a lot of spy work that happens in Disney (laughs) world. Um, great place. Um, Actually, a lot of Disney, Disneyland employees um, have Mm -hmm. gone on or Disney employees have gone on to take roles in the intelligence community. So executives from Disney going over into Intel. (laughs) So yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of spillover there. (laughs) Right. 
<laughs> yeah, you see that so. in, in a couple different industries right now, uh, telecom, and uh, you know they end up working for something in the federal government that's gonna you or their former uh, intel agencies that go mm-hmm. over and work in a uh, right. industry that you wouldn't think of. Why would they need their expertise? Right, <laughs> you know? right. Why did, why are they getting this amount of money to go right. be the security? You know, the head of security at some place. Yeah, or, Verizon. Um, Yeah. So, I mean, they just have so many connections to the Intel community. Um, It's not just about propaganda. It's also about, you know, spying operations or surveillance, mass surveillance, and then, you know, dark programs. They have some sort of connection to like MKUltra. Well, as dark as all that is, (laughs) the the part of this article that put a knot in my stomach that I just get it just grosses me out is the last section of the article that you wrote about with the pedophilia key. Oh man. And I mean, the timing of this right now in that regard is amazing. uh, Considering all that's happening right now with human trafficking and that's being exposed and that. Right. And you know, what got me started on this, um, this article to begin with was that, um, you know, I, I was keeping my eyes on Epstein and that story and, um, other anons and private, you know, investigators had had uh, not private investigators, but investigative journalists. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so Citizen journalists. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There we go. There we go. <laughs> um, you know, they they uh, have uncovered so much, and you know, they uncovered um, this this Disney Cruise Line going and uh, sponsoring a snorkeling venture to Little Saint James. You know, Pedo Island, mm-hmm. which is bizarre. Um, so, <laughs> to say the least, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did you want to talk, elaborate on that? I didn't want to. Oh, uh, <laughs> I, guess, <laughs> I was going to say, um, sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, our, our listeners don't really know. I don't that. usually talk about this, yeah. um, but I did put it on Twitter before it got uh, it got Epsteined <laughs> off of Twitter. <laughs> um, yeah, I happened to stumble upon. Um, yeah, that was me that I, I, I happened to find just, it was really random and, uh, that, uh, they sponsor a cruise, uh, I'm sorry, on one of the Disney cruises, they offer this snorkeling, um, expedition that you, you had it here, Captain Nautica's snorkeling expedition. And, uh, the thing that really got me is, uh, it's only for kids. Um, and Gosh. basically it just says it right there. Um, and I was going to say, just I, I, I try to remain as humble or whatever as possible. I just looked up cruise lines, did a really soup, simple cruise line search of, hey, is there any cruises that go to this island? And it popped right up that Disney was advertising that they had, you know, a uh, thing for children that goes to Little St. James Island. And yeah. uh, the the thing that really struck Great out job finding that <laughs> thank you <laughs> right. um i was gonna say the thing that you know i at first i got kind of worried that the power of disney <laughs> is gonna come <laughs> after me or something from that yeah. but uh i mean as something that's an uh as someone you know not myself as an objective ad- ad- observer of the, this kind of stuff um disney epstein just think about this epstein is big enough of a name prior to i mean he got arrested in 2015 for child sex trafficking child sex trafficking 
So you would think that if Disney, you know, um, said they're aware of the billionaires, the, the people at the high, the people that run this, you know, you would think that they would look through their cruise line. <laughs> right. thing. Do we have anything that happens to go here to this pedophile that just got a, re- you know, 2015 and to still right. have it on their, on a website that yeah. they're just freely advertising is just absolutely mind blowing that, um, last time I yeah. checked, it's still there. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. You'd think that they and would wipe. Blows my mind. <laughs> you'd think they'd go through and even change, you know, take out the name of it if they still wanted to hire this, uh, it looked like the Captain Nautica guy was a, uh, I'll use the term, independent contractor that uh, along one of the stops was right. an option. Mm-hmm. Um, but you would think that, yeah, Disney would not want to be There's associated. There's not much vetting going on there. At, at, <laughs> yeah. yeah. At the very least, it raises concerns about safety practices of, of cruise lines in general. Exactly. You know? Yeah. There, there um, was also a, um, a, some, some Anon found that there was some maritime law that basically yeah. at sea they weren't required to report if a child went missing or if there was actually some sort of sexual molestation of some kind or you know misconduct or you know abuse mm-hmm. uh, they did well, the maritime have- laws are very lenient um i don't know about that but i do know that um that there's no way of seeking compensation if your child dies or is missing at, and it's and it's the fault of the cruise line wow i mean that um, the um, the maritime laws are set up to where it only pays for I believe it's like work your <laughs> loss of your your work and uh, also your uh, your funeral costs. Hmm. Um, so, but there's no way of seeking compensation for negligence on behalf of the cruise line if your child is lost or missing. I mean, lost or dies at you know that and it's their fault. Right. Um, so. I was going to say, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, I think that someone proposed a bill to to do an amendment to that law this year. Hmm. Uh, I I keep checking. I don't think it's passed. Um, I think there's a huge lobby um, with the cruise lines that are, you know, don't want it to pass. Because that would take out so much money. And uh, I mean, they would have to. Well, insurance would be insane. Just just to, yeah, just to make sure. And I was going to say, I don't want to denigrate any. if anyone is listening to this that works on a cruise line, I don't mean to uh, say this, but I, I, it doesn't seem like I've known maybe one or two people that I went to college with that worked summers on a cruise line and it wasn't a Disney one. Um, but given some of the next stuff we'll go into, I would hasten to say that Disney has very strict uh hiring policies or they we they do a really good job to weed out (laughs) people that work for them um but a lot of the people that you know these guys that said they they worked on cruise lines are like yeah i was 20 you know 21 i you know (laughs) i got on this cruise we just all got drunk on you know we worked a day shift we just partied you know underneath the cruise at night and it was Mm -hmm. a bunch of just people that you know that working these cruise lines that are just Doing, you know, yeah. doing crazy right. stuff out in, you know, international waters and stuff <laughs> yes. like that. Um, yeah. Yeah. And the, I, I read a lot of anecdotal stuff like that, too. Um, and, you know, also I found out, you know, that a lot of people have gone missing, you know, mm-hmm. between, 2000 and, between 2000 and 2014. It was nearly 200 passengers that went missing on cruise ships. 
And um, as far as, you know, what happens on cruise lines, um, sexual assaults are like the most widely reported crime right. that yeah. occurs on cruise ships. So, yeah, I'm not trying to discourage your, your <laughs> listeners from going on cruise lines, but... <laughs> Um, I guess it's better to know this information, you just, know. Just pack a gun with you if you're going on a cruise line. Yeah. yeah, just be extra prepared <laughs> and safe and watch your children. Yeah. And don't go snorkeling to Petal Island. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like so. the mouth of the beast, you know. Mm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. Bringing kids right to him. I know, He doesn't man. have to do the hard work. Yeah. Um, um, so so I, I do follow QAnon mm-hmm. and uh, – and what they post and uh you know so so q had posted this this connection of the disney cruise lines with the you know the snorkeling venture to to little saint james and then also in that same post had had posted two photos which (laughs) there's a there's a um there's a gentleman i think his name is rusty shackleford who has done some amazing like really high def drone footage of of Epstein's Island mm-hmm. for us, and um, he had taken some some footage of these entrances that they look like they're kind of dug into the hill of of that island, and with like double door entrances, like like basically they're leading down into an underground facility. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so he had posted the you know a connection between that cruise line. And, you know, the snorkeling venture to Epstein Island with a picture of those entrances to the below ground facilities, which is so disheartening Mm -hmm. and creepy and just made my stomach drop um, when he did that. And I I, I, when Q did that and I I posted that on Twitter and then in my comments, another Anon, high IQ Anon had posted another photo of the. Uh, from from Sh- Shackleford's footage of these, uh, like it was like a ventilation system, like this yep. really industrial sized ventilation system that would need, you know, that would be for a large underground mm-hmm. facility. Just basically confirming that that was, you know, what that was for. It was like dug into the 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 side of the hill there, and then Q responded to that, confirming, you know, that that's what that was. So right and. Um, and there was a cement truck that was uh, shipped over. Right. Shipped over, yeah. So what do you need a cement right. truck, right? And you know, I was going to exactly. say, uh, just as kind of an aside and maybe a uh, a lightning thing, uh, lighthearted thing. Um, I was going to ask, we, I, I saw this uh, thing comparing, which was really interesting about Rusty Shackleford, that he was actually John McAfee. Did you hear? About that theory, because oh really? No, I didn't know that. Oh yeah, apparently. Um, <laughs> I was wondering. I'm like, who's able to get a drone over there like every day? That's that's yeah, awesome. Because apparently the timing uh, when he was going through, uh, John McAfee did. For people who don't know, he's <laughs> skipping, uh, trying to evade uh, a murder charge. I can't remember which country it's from. Um, I think last I remember he is in jail and then he got out or anything, but that he started tweeting all this stuff about, uh, the CIA going after him. And, you know, you can make that of, you know, what you will, but he basically said, these people are after me. I'm going on the run on my boat. And he was in the same vicinity. Oh. And apparently there are some photos being taken on his boat 
of like all these drones and mm-hmm. so i guess the timing was really interesting, interesting. so yeah that is interesting <laughs> yeah i know that um Shockerford did a um some drone footage when the fbi were raiding yep um yeah. epstein's um <laughs> island and uh that just went viral you know like all of the other you know news agencies were picking up his footage so i was like oh Nice job. Get on your <laughs> Yeah, that was really that was really entertaining to watch because when they caught sight of the drone, they were trying to cover the windows with like cardboard boxes. <laughs> right. and yeah, stuff. yeah, that was so funny. But <laughs> it, yeah, it was interesting that one where they, uh, I remember people were tweeting at, um, I think it was like the FBI. They're like, "Hey, um, here's a screenshot from right before you guys got there, where there's a computer, and this is oh, before wow. the video footage of you guys <laughs> getting to the room." Someone removed a computer before they got there. Before you got there, you might want to go check it out. So it's, uh, I guess, hearkening back to what we were talking about, about this crowdsourcing of Mm, just this craziness that people, you know, the power of um, wokeness. wokeness. (laughs) Yeah, and really just uniting, not being, you know, off in our own worlds. Exactly. You know, working together. Yeah. And trust. There's, There's not a lot of trust in the system anymore. I mean, no. So... And I was going to say, um, maybe to wrap this up, the one thing that you started off this section with that we had, so we talked about the Disney cruise lines and all this right. stuff with that. This one bothered me a lot. The first yeah. part that you had talked yeah. about. Could yeah. you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can talk about it. I can talk <laughs> about it. And, you know, this is, this is my perspective and my, uh, you know, opinion. It's not, you know, fact we know for sure. Mm-hmm. But and if you research Disney, um, there are stories of him personally being involved with pedophilia. And I did not include all of them mm-hmm. um, because a lot of them were like unnamed sources and so forth. But the most credible, I did include the most credible of the stories, which is this story about Bobby Driscoll, who was a young actor and very close to Disney and several of the Disney employees would attest to their relationship, which is insinuated it may have been inappropriate. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, and so I get into that to that story a little bit about Bobby Driscoll and uh, his close relationship with Disney. He was one of, you know, the early stars in Disney's films. And um, then later on, like so many of these other child actors that are obviously displaying signs of trauma from child abuse, um, you know, he, you know, a, as a young teenager became a you know, terrible drug addict and ended up dying from overdose mm. um, because of that. So um, it, it's, it's possible. I'm not saying it as fact, but it's possible that there was some kind of um, inappropriate relationship there between Bobby Driscoll and, and Walt Disney. I'm sad to say. Yeah. And I was going to say, uh, when you had talked about the, uh, the, the veracity of the, uh, this claim in particular, um, you'd said, you, you mentioned here, Kenneth anger, who was a, um, a, I don't know. I don't want to say he was more, I know he was a, he was a film director. Mm. And, uh, if I, if I remember correctly, I think he was a, yeah, I, I want to say that he was a film guy, so he was in the business. So right. it leads to some credibility yes. of these people, you know. Yeah, he wrote an expose, just kind of like exposing all of these Hollywood Hollywood secrets, and that was just one you mm-hmm. know, one chapter <laughs> right. of the many. 
So yeah. Yeah. Um, and I was going to, you know, it kind of, it kind of sets the stage for this culture of, of, you know, pedophilia Exactly. and that has carried on, um, you know, to this day. So I mean, there are several, um, Disney execs who have been, um, convicted mm-hmm. for molestation, pedophilia, etc. Um, and then it goes all the way down to low level employees running pedophilia rings mm-hmm. um, and getting busted. And there's just numerous cases. I, I don't even list them all. But and I, again, I would encourage your listeners, especially if you're really struggling with this and having a hard time believing this. Uh, don't don't believe what I say. Go do your own research and come to your own conclusions. That's right. That's right. Um, I personally believe that pedophilia is both significant and systemic mm-hmm. in Disney. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. Well, I'm trying to figure out why, and this is it, it's always it always goes back to pedo. Like all right. these things, like, you know, you've got government officials, uh, mm-hmm. you know, executives and corporations and, and the BBC. <laughs> yeah. And the world. I mean, why that? That's what I don't get. Is it uh, to fold in my opinion, uh, two key factors to that. Um, number one, if it has anything to do with the intelligence community, pedophilia is a, a one of the ways that they're able to blackmail and control, mm-hmm. you know, with with, you know, honeypot pedophilia yeah. scenarios. That's what Epstein was all about. Yep. Um, so <laughs> talk about uh, FBI informant. <laughs> right. If they yeah. can get that on you, some kind of footage or photo of you with an underage person, you know, child, um, then they've got you, they, mm-hmm. they can control you now. Um, so that's the, the intelligence community's connection to pedophilia, but the Luciferian connection to pedophilia goes way, way, way back, mm-hmm. you know, to the beginning and, you know, we're with child sacrifice and, and pedophilia, um, because, you know, children are just the most innocent of all of us. And really in their view, have that the most power because of that because of that innocence and they want to exploit it and use it i was just saying this just came to me i don't know why i never thought of this before but um one of the things that uh i was going to say that the 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 uh the tactic of satan has always been to take the truth and twist it in some way and we see that throughout uh the esoteric teachings and stuff like that. So it makes sense, uh, as you just explained, that children are the most innocent um, beings. You know, they're still born into sin, you know, that thing. But we're not talking, you know, about you know salvation at this point, just uh, through the actions and everything. And that almost seems like a to sacrifice a child who is, you know, blame innocent in... I would say in, vulnerable. They're the most vulnerable because they can't well, defend themselves. They can't protect themselves. Well, this is what I was getting at is it's yeah. a twisting of Christ's sacrifice. Right. Yeah. And it's a right. blaspheming of an innocent person dying yeah. that they get some. So it, it's, again, taking this vulnerable right. and yeah. it's it's like the ultimate F you to <laughs> God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that they, you know, they see mm-hmm. it as, you know, um, they gain the most power mm-hmm. from it. Yeah. And, um, you know, this is not new. I mean, mm-hmm. they've been sacrificing um, to children to Baal and Moloch mm-hmm. for uh, since the beginning. Yep. Uh, yeah. so. You can go over to Israel today, 
to the Valley of Himnon, and it's where they would sacrifice to Molech, and they would beat these drums to drown out the screams of mm-hmm. the of the sa- human sacrifice, the child sacrifices that they were. Right. And uh, it's just horrible. Yeah. And, I mean, it was happening all across the world, and uh, Every, which is something, you know, the Aztecs did it, the right. African tribes did it, yeah. I'm sure in uh, Asia, yeah. you know, they did stuff like that, so. Yeah. Ah, so, what a way to end. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, yeah. let's end on a high note. Uh, Sharp, what do we have coming up for you? Anything that you can pique our interest in so we can follow you on social media and... Well, we just wrapped up a uh, an important interview yes, with yes. Zach Voorhees, um, the Google whistleblower, which was awesome. Oh, yeah, wow. um, he's uh, really brave to come out and talk about um, what was going on on the inside at Google and YouTube, mm-hmm. and to present some really damning um, documents and evidence. Um, so I commend him for that. And so you can find that um, podcast on Corey's Digs. Um, YouTube channel. We've got it also um, up on our Hivemind website. We've got some little clips, short clips. We break down that interview on our Hivemind YouTube channel. Um, so check those out. And then um, I'm working on something right now, just totally, totally different. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'm working on a dig right now, which um, everybody's working on Epstein digs and doing an excellent job. Mm-hmm. Corey. I know there's some some other really great people. Uh, amazing Polly's awesome. Quigley does some great stuff on YouTube. Or, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, on Twitter, um, digging um, into Epstein. So I kind of wanted to take a break from Epstein and just go on a totally different tangent. Um, I've wanted to talk about this story um, for a while. And um, kind of like my, my Disney article, I like to do a historical perspective and like a a broad scope perspective mm-hmm. to help you put things into context of what's going on now. Mm-hmm. So um, I want to take a look at uh, Rico hmm. and what, um, how Rico has been used in the past wow. as a template for how it might be used presently with an organized criminal syndicate like the Clintons, for example. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is. So yeah, so it's a, it's a, it's an interesting story because it's all about the mob in right. New York, right? So yeah. I'm going to get into that in my next dig. That I look forward to that. That is awesome. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. going to be awesome. <laughs> and uh, yeah, hopefully you have uh, some protection when you go yeah. against. Uh, <laughs> Start digging into that kind of stuff. <laughs> with I got the, the full armor of God on me. Right <laughs> yeah, man, that's right. That's well, awesome. Uh, Sharp, thank you so much again for your time and for agreeing to come on at such short notice and uh, just everything. Thank you so much for uh, everything that you do and spending the time with us. And yeah, um, absolutely. Thank you guys so much for having me on and for sharing this information. I'm just you know really thankful that you guys you know are are putting this information out there. Absolutely. We totally appreciate everything you do. You're you're amazing. And uh, if you ever you have an open invitation anytime you want to oh, <laughs> come yeah. back on. Awesome. Thank uh, you guys. Yeah. So we will catch you next time. And All right. we appreciate your time. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye bye. Thanks for listening to the All Out War podcast today. 
We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you want to know more, you can visit us on the web at alloutwar.us or you can find us on Twitter at AllOutWarCast. Hey, thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time.